0: Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment, brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart.
1: It's a tragedy that made national headlines, and we've seen a lot of discussions now about weapons safety on film sets following the shooting on the set of Rust in Santa Fe.
2: Investigators say actor Alec Baldwin fired a prop gun that had a live round in it, killing the director of photography, Helena Hutchins, and injuring the film's director, Joel Souza.
3: I want to ensure the victims, their families, and the public that we are conducting a thorough and objective investigation.
2: At a news conference on October 27th, Santa Fe County Sheriff Adon Mendoza said authorities were investigating reports that people were allegedly doing target practice near the set.
3: We are aware of those statements and uh, we are investigating um, whether or not that is true or it isn't true and I would encourage anybody that has any information that any target practicing or any firearm was discharged um, away from the movie set or for practice or for whatever reason to, to contact the sheriff's office.
2: Investigators also recovered hundreds of rounds on set, including what they suspect are other live rounds. The sheriff said a bullet was found in the film director Joel Souza's shoulder.
3: We would consider it a live round, um, a bullet live, because it did fire from the weapon and obviously caused the death of Mrs. Hutchin and, and injured Mr. S- uh, Souza.
1: Alec Baldwin posted on his social media, "...there are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding the tragic accident that took the life of Helena Hutchins, a wife, mother, and deeply admired colleague of ours. I'm fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this tragedy occurred. I'm in touch with her husband, offering my support to him and his family." My heart is broken for her husband, their son, and all who knew and loved Helena.
3: We suspect that there were other live rounds, but that's up to the testing. But right now, we're going to determine how those got there, why they were there. Because they shouldn't have been there.
1: This, of course, has focused a lot of attention, not only in New Mexico, but on a national level about gun safety and the use of weapons when filming movies. We wanted to talk to someone who has knowledge about those issues. Before this happened, you may have not even known what an armorer is. So here with us to share his insight is a longtime armorer in New Mexico, Corey Wilde, spent twenty years in the military, at least four years as an armorer in the film industry. Corey, thanks for joining us. Hi
0: there. Happy
2: to be here. First, I wanted to maybe hit on one of those things that that Gabby had mentioned there, people maybe not knowing what an armorer is before this. So what is an armorer and how do you get that job as in what training qualifications, what does it take?
0: Well, an armorer is, uh, for the most part, responsible for the safe operations of firearms on set, which includes advising the directors, the producers, uh, as well as the actors as to what will be uh, portrayed during that scene. Um, or, or scenes as a whole, um, and as well as you maintain the inventory of the blank ammunition and the dummy rounds that are are used on the set. Ultimately, it's the safety piece that is that is the main responsibility of the armor to ensure that the firearms are cleared, that they're safe, and that they are ready to be utilized in a training or in a, uh, in a shooting environment for on set.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like it's one of those professions though, that there's maybe not really a a necessarily a school or a trade that you can sort of pick up at a community college for a job like this. It seems like this is more of an apprenticeship kind of job though. How do you get to be an armor for a film?
0: Well, I can't speak to all of the armors out there um, as a whole In my case, I was, for lack of better terms, recruited into the industry. Uh, While I was active duty Air Force, uh, one of my responsibilities was running the uh, small arms training programs for the installation and pretty much anything and everything firearms related. Now, as as I was getting close to retiring, they were filming a, a show on Kirtland Air Force Base, which prompted us to meet with the armor and the prop master for that show, inspect their firearms to make sure that they were going to meet our standards as well as also our resource protection standards for when they weren't filming and the firearms were secured. I must have struck a chord with them because they invited me later to come out and work on a set with them for a, it ended up being about a couple of weeks on the show. And, uh, and then after that, we broke our ways. I proceeded to my military retirement looking for work. And then they contacted me back, invited me out to uh, to meet some people in LA, and and that's how I, I got to become an armorer. Um, I do have an extensive background in firearms of multiple varieties from primitive to modern, as well as the instruction methods with those firearms. And and that aided in my abilities.
2: That background, did that seem to matter extensively to the people you were working with when you were hired?
0: I, I think it gave them confidence in my background, my maturity, my experience with firearms. Because not only as an instructor in the Air Force was I teaching people to put bullets downrange onto target, or in the uh, process of protecting themselves, but I also was a part of multiple, um, over many years of what they call force on force training exercises, where you use utilize blank ammunition in a simulated combat roles.
1: Can you explain to us like, what is exactly a prop gun and maybe why and when are they used in films versus special effects?
0: First off, I, I don't necessarily like the term prop gun specifically, but uh, for the lack of the terms and for the understanding industry-wide, a prop gun, be, a, a firearm, I should say, becomes a prop firearm at the point that it is in the hands of an actor in the process of uh, performing the scene and, and going through, through that process. Now, A a firearm in the film industry can be a a true prop gun where it's a rubber or a replica firearm. You can use airsoft. You can use uh, firearms that are are fabricated to look like the real thing but don't function as such. And then you have fully functioning firearms that are utilized in, in filming of certain scenes and sets as well. And then you can take those fully functioning firearms in some cases and perform modifications to them to allow them to work with blank ammunition by the blank round firing and you adjust the firearm. So that way it will fire and cycle with the back pressure of the the gases produced by the cartridge when it's fired.
1: What goes into the decision that you know of, you know, by filmmakers to maybe use something like that versus just visual effects?
0: Well, there's a lot of reasons. Um, One, nothing really replaces the aesthetic appearance of a firearm firing a blank round, the smoke that is emitted, the flash that is emitted the uh, cycling of the firearm, which ejects the brass casings out, and and, and on and so forth. Now, if you see ones that have been digitally affected or put in post-shooting of the scenes, you will see a muzzle flash that is choreographed in, and it doesn't ever quite look the same as the blank rounds that fire and the brass ejection is very difficult to make it look as realistic as what it would be in a real situation.
2: Another terminology question I I wanted to, to ask you because I think people are hearing these things like live round, cold gun, now since what happened on the Rust set. A cold gun versus say a hot gun, is that basically the difference between something is loaded in a firearm the
0: first thing i'm going to say to that is all firearms whether they are a simulated firearm a rubber gun or any of the above has to be treated as if it is a real firearm period because whether you know or not when you pick them up they have to be treated as such you have uh, a series of different things okay a cold gun is a firearm that has been deemed and inspected to be free of any ammunition period And that is going through and inspecting it in a methodical fashion. If it has a uh, safety, you place your safety selector on safe if possible. Then you remove your source of ammunition. And that may be removing a single round from a break-action firearm or removing a magazine and clearing the chamber of a firearm. If it's a machine gun that's belt-fed, it's opening up the cover assembly, sweeping the links off, inspecting the chamber, inspecting the... uh, the trunnion and, and, and other pieces and parts of that firearm and you deem that that firearm is incapable at that time of performing an action by clearing it out and it always starts with safety first checking your chamber after removing your source of ammunition and you always do this in a controlled environment and and so so that's what creates a cold gun the term a hot gun is on a film set is when they are loaded with blank ammunition on a movie set or a tv show or that there is no reason to have live ammunition introduced no ever. I,
3: I said there was a total of 500 rounds of ammunition that is a mix of blanks dummy rounds and what we are suspecting Live rounds.
1: For people who aren't familiar with firearms, though, can you tell us what is blank ammunition and can a blank still injure someone on set?
3: Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm
0: gonna, I will explain to you the difference in live rounds, blank rounds, dummy rounds, etc. Um, a live round is a round that has a projectile. It has powder inside of the casing and it has a primer. When the primer is detonated, it ignites, it creates a burning of the powder and it forces through gas pressure, the bullet downrange. That is a live round, something that is capable of producing and projecting the projectile itself, the bullet. Now a blank round, and there are several different types of blank rounds. You have uh, what is most predominantly used a star crimped blank round. And what that has is it has a primer, it has powder inside of the casing, but instead of a projectile, the casing is crimped on the top. And it's, uh, if you look down at it, it looks a little bit like a star. In place of the projectile, you have the crimp, and that creates and holds the powder inside for it to be able to cycle. Blank rounds can and are dangerous. They have to be used in a controlled environment, and you do not aim those rounds in a film setting at someone else. When you utilize a blank round in filming, you find your camera angles that they're going to be shooting from and you adjust the person that is in the action of shooting that firearm to allow it to look like it is on target on camera, but it is actually not. Uh, It could be a a few degrees off depending on the distance that you're shooting and, and you're off hold. Then you have another term called a dummy round. And a dummy round is an inert cartridge with a projectile. They do not have a functioning primer and they have no powder inside. It is just a casing with a projectile. And that casing, um, sometimes they're drilled where they're drilled to the side. So you can visibly see that there's no powder inside. And then there's also other methods. Um, you, can, you can buy store-bought dummy rounds that are just solid pieces of, of aluminum but they're typically red in color or blue or orange in color, so they really don't play well on a movie set unless you go through the process of painting them to look real. But the other uh, dummy round that I'm most familiar with using in the film industry is a uh, it's a casing with a projectile, and if you shake it, you can hear a rattle inside of it. Basically, think of airsoft pellets being deposited inside of the casing instead of powder. So when you shake them, you can hear that they are an inert round, uh, a dummy round incapable of firing. And those are utilized when you're you're shooting scenes um, with revolvers, close up actions of semi-automatic firearms or automatic firearms that require you to manipulate the action. And the camera angle is looking in to see that brass go into the chamber. Uh, If you're looking down the muzzle of the firearm from a camera angle, that you can see inside the cylinder of a revolver that there's projectiles and there's casings inside of there. Strictly inventoried, when I worked on a set, I knew how many were out at any given moment. I knew what my inventory was, and and it is a process of going through before you go out and and do your scenes and then post scenes also.
1: And you've already talked a little bit about it, but I wanted to dive a little bit more into some of the safety precautions on sets. We know there's a lot of steps that staff is supposed to take when it comes to handling weapons, even prop weapons when filming. Of course, the idea is to make it look as real as possible. Can you walk us through some of the things that are supposed to happen when filming an action sequence with guns?
0: Well, prior to... um bringing a firearm onto set, if if I'm operating out of my office or a a prop house or a warehouse or wherever we are previous, I start out by inspecting the firearms. Uh, If they come in from a rental company, I inspect the firearms in their infinite detail, take them apart, ensure that they are in good working order to be able to be used in performing the scenes. I also inspect the ammunition, meaning the blanks, as well as the dummy ammunition that I've received. Um, And as I go through that inspection process, I make sure specifically with the dummy ammunition, one, that they all have that little telltale rattle sign to them, that the projectiles themselves are solid, uh, crimped well into the casing so they don't dislodge uh, when being used. And And then maintain my inventory clean, neat, and orderly prior to going to a set. Once I arrive to a set with those firearms, whether it's being under my kept control, if I was bringing in my trailer to perform the show, depending on the size, or if it was something that was being kept on a prop truck inside of a safe, the activity between that point is now inspecting those firearms with a group of people. Multiple individuals have visual proof that these firearms have been cleared and that they're going to be safe for on the scene. And that process is prop master, armorer, first assistant director, first AD, as well as the stunt crew, the, typically a stunt coordinator, if available, also is there for that inspection process to make sure that those firearms are clear and safe. And then the actors as well have their opportunity and are expected to look at those firearms to visually ensure that they are clear and safe for, for the scene that they're shooting. If I have a replica that matches the firearm that they're going to be using for certain portions of that, we use those replicas to practice with in that because they are inert firearms, incapable of firing. They just, there's something for them to hold in their hands and be that prop for that time. Then you, when it's up close and shooting, that's when you bring the real thing in. And that's when you, you address to the set when it's coming on that the firearm is cold and cold guns on set and the armor or assistant armor or prop master doesn't need that are all trained. They're all eyes on set. You know, you're, you're keeping a focus on what's going on. Um, If there's firearms on set, the, and they're not locked up and put away appropriately, the armor doesn't get a break. They don't get the opportunity to go use a restroom or go eat chow or go over to the crafty and get some food. Their focus is, those firearms and the safety of that set. Now, if you transition from performing your actions with a cold gun on set and you were going to introduce blank fire, the whole process starts over again as far as inspecting those firearms. Um, The whole crew that I just previously mentioned is a part of that. And then at that point, you introduce the blank rounds into the set and those blank rounds are inspected as well and then you load up the firearms you bring them into action and then you would announce that the that the hot gun's on set everybody echoes that they know that it's there and communication is kept to a minimum to get through that scene and the guns are still considered hot the scene is considered hot until the armor or designee comes in and verifies that those firearms are now cold and no longer, you know, in operation for that scene.
2: Is every film set supposed to have an armor, or is this just kind of project to project?
0: Not necessarily. Um, it's a lot of times it's the prerogative of the prop master. If they are going to require a armor on set, the prop master can perform as an armor on sets. It just depends on the workload that they're going to have. If it's going to be a gun-heavy set, Or if it's going to be a a technical set where there's a lot of moving parts and pieces, that's when they tend to bring an armorer in.
1: You mentioned earlier that a blank can injure someone and the angle in which a scene is shot when you're trying to show perspective is also key to safety. So I'm curious, you know, does an armorer or a prop master help the director at that point angle the weapon so that it's, it's at a safe distance from the camera? How does that normally work?
0: Yes. The, the armor, um, in, in my case, I typically come in and I see the scene that they're shooting. I see where the cameras are set up and I help position where they are aiming at that time. Everybody is, is, a, is a part of that. It's a very fluid process that um, can't be rushed. You clear the downrange end of the muzzle. You clear anyone from that area.
2: Forgive me for asking an obvious question, but why is it necessary to go through all of these steps?
0: Well, safety. I mean, that's, that is the absolute responsibility of the armor or those involved with the firearms on the set. You always treat a firearm as if it is loaded. You maintain your, your four firearm safety standards when you're working out there. And and those, those four steps are watch that muzzle, keep it pointed in a safe direction at all times. You treat every firearm with the respect that is due to a loaded gun. You also be sure of what your target is and what is in front of it and beyond it, because, you know, in, in a real world scenario or a film scenario, a round doesn't just stop. If, it, if a projectile comes out of that muzzle with necessarily the, the, the initial target, it can travel through and keep going. And that's why you maintain what your target is, what's in front of it and what is beyond it. So you don't have any, you know, incidents. Uh, and then you keep your finger outside of the trigger guard until you're ready to shoot.
1: It seems like anyone involved in weapons training or particularly, you know, coming from your profession in the military, you know, treating weapons, like you said, as if they're always loaded or, or real and can do real harm is something that's sort of ingrained in you, right? Through, through your own training and probably just throughout your life.
0: Throughout my life is a great way of saying it. Firearms training uh, as a child started in school. And, and I didn't go to a special school or anything like that. I was publicly educated in Iowa. And firearm safety was discussed in the schools. Now, firearm safety and anything firearms related seems to be taboo at the lowest level. And it isn't discussed. You know, Though there's, there's programs out there that can inform and educate all, whether they are pro-firearms or not, education is key. Education is key to maintaining a safe society and in a safe environment, no matter where you're at. You could be walking along one day and find a firearm on the side of the road. I have. And the first thing that I went through before I picked it up is I looked at it and visually inspected it. And then I picked it up and opened the chamber and made sure that it was clear and safe. And, and at that same time, I tried to contact the authorities to come out and receive that firearm because it's not normal to find things like that. But for anyone that comes into account of it. They have to know how to possibly handle that if needed to keep it safe and keep it out of the wrong hands.
2: Do you think anything needs to be done to address safety in movie productions following what happened on the set of Rust?
0: Well, it's an evolving world. And I've had interactions with actors on sets that I've heard them make the comments that it's not a real gun. It's just a prop. It's fake or whatever. When they're in fact carrying a real operating firearm. For the set or the scene that they're involved in. And I had to correct them and explain to them what that, that that is a real firearm. And this is also someone that I had done a boot camp with previous to filming. They were well, they were, they were educated during that training session to ensure that they understand what they are carrying and why they're carrying it, what they're portraying. And unfortunately, people don't always take that seriously. So, yes, I think education is a, is a huge part of all of this. Um, prop masters need to be informed. They need to be educated on what they're carrying on their vehicles or their trucks. The actors, the assistant directors, everyone involved with those firearms need to have some common basic knowledge of What they're going
1: about. Quick follow up that came to mind because, yeah, we have seen a lot of these narratives just on the national scale, and maybe people who don't work in the industry saying, you know what, visual effects is the way to go. Let's just, you know, use visual effects because it's safer. Do you think that's the right way to go? Or do you think, you know, no, there is a safe way to do this and there's a benefit from using real weapons?
0: I think there's a benefit to using real weapons. In, in certain scenarios and certain scenes. The thing that you don't want to create is you don't want to com- create complacency. When firearms are allowed on set, they can't rush you. There is no reason because safety is foremost. And I've been on sets where they've tried to rush, but I have to hold my ground and say, no, we're going to do it this way. And that is the number one thing is don't allowing yourselves to be rushed, maintaining a constant head on a swivel of what is going on. And being attentive to the situation, and, and, and blank fire can be done safely on movie sets. It has been for many years. With unfortunately, there have been incidents where people have been harmed, been hurt, and that is typically because of complacency or lack of experience and ability to perform in their in their job appropriately. You're obviously responsible for safety in this county. It's just curious about your thoughts about the- the real weapons on the set
3: well obviously uh, I think the industry has has had a record recently of being safe I think there was some complacency on this set and uh, I think there are some safety issues that need to be addressed by the industry and possibly by the state of New Mexico but I'll leave that up to uh, to the industry and the state to determine what those need to be
0: it's just it's just a horrible and horrible situation that it occurred. It created a level of anxiety within me, even though I wasn't out there on the set with them. I still feel it. And, and unfortunately, there is way too much politics in this event. And, and how people are, are Monday quarterbacking everyone. Uh, they just have to let the investigation run its course and find out what really happened.
1: Thanks again to our guest, Corey Wildey, for his insight today. We'll have another episode for you next week. In the meantime, you can reach me at gburknm on Twitter and gabrielle.burkhart at krqe.com via email.
2: Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions, and learn more at krqe.com slash podcasts. You can also reach me. I'm at chris.mckee at krqe.com and tv on Twitter. Thanks for listening.